You're listening to The Living Word with Danny Hodges of Calvary Chapel Fellowship in St. Pete. say a ghost does not have flesh and blood. The new body does not get its life from the blood. The present body you and I live in, the life is in the blood. That's what the scripture says. The life is the blood. The life of the animal, it's in the blood. That's the way God created in this present order. But there's coming a day when we get new bodies, it won't be powered by blood. You lose too much blood now, your body dies. It's a spiritual body. Once your time here in this body is done, Jesus' redemption of your soul will allow you to enter into the kingdom of heaven in a spiritual body. It's then that you'll truly live the eternal life that Jesus created you for. Today, Pastor Danny explores what things might be like for you in heaven. He encourages you in God's promises and helps you realize that though it's impossible to know what's next, in Christ, it'll certainly be exceptional. Be encouraged to know that you're headed towards an incredible eternity. Now here's Pastor Danny in the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 15 as he continues his message, The Glorious Hope of a New Body. soul sleep even for the believer that you you die you're unconscious you know nowhere really until Jesus comes and then you wake up again that's not what the Bible teaches New Testament verses make it clear make it very clear and I'll give you several Luke chapter 16 let me tell you a story Jesus tells from Luke chapter 16 he tells a story not a parable two men two men one's a rich man we aren't even told his name but he's a rich man And he dies, but he doesn't die in faith. He dies an unbeliever. And Lazarus, a beggar, but Lazarus, a man of faith. He had the faith of Abraham. Everybody saved has the faith of Abraham. Abraham, through your seed, through the lineage of Abraham, Messiah would come. It's belief in Jesus, the Messiah. If you're saved, you have the faith of Abraham. It's just faith in the Messiah. So he tells his story. Rich man dies. Lazarus dies. They both wake up in Sheol. Well, why didn't the believer just go to heaven? You couldn't go to heaven before Jesus died on the cross because he's the only sacrifice sufficient, all right? So you died in faith and you went. Luke 16, Jesus tells the story. Lazarus wakes up in Abraham's bosom. That's what it was called. It's a real place. It was down, down in the lower earthly regions in Sheol. It was a place of comfort. And so the believer before the cross went to Abraham's bosom. Abraham was there. Adam and Eve were there. And Jesus telling the story, the rich man dies. He also wakes up in Sheol, but he wakes up in a different compartment. He wakes up in what we call hell. And he's tormented in the flames. He's burning. But he's not dying. He's still conscious. 
and he's tormented, and he looks over. You can see over to the other side, and he sees Abraham, and he begs Abraham to send Lazarus, and Lazarus to just dip his finger in water and come and touch the rich man's tongue because he says, I'm tormented in these flames. And Abraham says, son, you made your decisions in your life, and this is the result. Lazarus made his decisions. This is the result. You died without faith in the Messiah. You're in hell. He died by faith in the Messiah. He wakes up. He's in the Sheol, but he's in a different place. Back to the text. This is from Psalm 68 here that I read in Ephesians 4. Psalm 68, a messianic psalm with prophetic implications. Messiah. When he ascended on high, he led captives in his train. It goes on to say, but he didn't ascend before he descended. He descended to the lower earthly regions. And with the key, the keys to death and hell, Sheol is the word. There were two compartments. One, people who died in faith, comfort. The others died in, without faith in hell, suffering. And Jesus comes and he unlocks the door. And to Abraham and all those who had died in faith, he leads them and they ascend in his royal robe and he leads them into the very presence of the Father. That's what happened, literally happened. I'll give you a little side note. When you read that story in Luke 16, it says the angels came and they took Lazarus to Abraham's bosom. I'm convinced, I'm convinced when the believer dies, you get an angelic escort into the very presence of the Father. That's how Elijah went. <laughs> Man, this is amazing. That's why we have these confirming verses, confirming verses. Paul the apostle said in Philippians 1, I desire to depart and be with Christ, which is better by far. No soul sleep. And you're not going down to Abraham's bosom. Abraham's bosom is empty. It's empty. He wrote... In 2 Corinthians chapter 4, we would prefer to be away from the body and at home with the Lord. You say, well, that's spirit. Yeah, but you study the scriptures, you'll find even the spirit has shape. It has a form. And one day our spirit, everybody's spirit lives on, lives on. That's Ecclesiastes 3.11. God has said eternity in the heart of man. We are spirit beings. We live in a human body. We possess a soul. But we're spirit beings. We're going to live on forever. And one day our spirit, with Jesus, if we die physically, then one day, one day, one day, this is the next part. It's so good. It's the glorious hope of a new body. I've been pastoring a long time. I mention it occasionally, and a lot of you have been following our ministry for a long time. And guess what? Because you have, you're old. <laughs> Most of us have less years left than we've been traveling on the earth behind us. I'm 63. Ain't no way I'm going to live another 63 years. But man, what we have to look forward to. Come on. Everybody's awake, right? 1 Corinthians 15, verse 35. Someone may ask, how are the dead raised? With what kind of body will they come? How foolish. What you sow does not come to life unless it dies. When you sow, you don't plant the body that will be, but just a seed, perhaps of wheat or of something else. And the older you get, the more happy you are about that. Because you don't want the body. I don't want the body I have. Verse 38, but God gives it a body just as he has determined. And to each kind of seed, he gives its own body. All flesh is not the same. Men have one kind of flesh. Animals have another. Birds have another. Fish another. There are also heavenly bodies 
and their earthly bodies. But the splendor of the heavenly bodies is of one kind, and the splendor of the earthly bodies is another. The sun has one kind of splendor, the moon another, and the stars another. And star differs from star in splendor. So will it be with the resurrection of the dead. The body that is sown is perishable. It's raised imperishable. It's sown in dishonor. It's raised in glory. It's sown in weakness. It's raised in power. It's sown a natural body. It's raised a spiritual body. That's fascinating. If there's a natural body, there's also a spiritual body. So it is written, the first man, Adam, became a living being. The last Adam, Christ, a life-giving spirit. The spiritual did not come first, but the natural. And after that, the spiritual. The first man was of the dust of the earth, and he proved to be a dirt bag. The second man from heaven. As was the earthly man, so are those who are of the earth. And as is the man from heaven, so also are those who are of heaven. So, just as we have borne the likeness of the earthly man, so shall we bear the likeness of the man from heaven. Anybody praise the Lord? Hallelujah. Are you paying attention to that? I declare to you, brothers, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God. That's a very important statement. Nor does the perishable inherit the imperishable. Listen. I tell you a mystery. We will not all sleep. He's talking about physical death. But we will be changed in a flash, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet. For the trumpet will sound, the dead will be raised imperishable, and we will be changed. For the perishable must clothe itself with the imperishable and the mortal with immortality. When the perishable has been clothed with the imperishable and the mortal with immortality, then the saying that is written will come true. Death has been swallowed up in victory. Where, O death, is your victory? Where, O death, is your sting? I have to go back and just look at the four characteristics of the new body that he gives us. You know what the first one is? Immortal. Imperishable, which he says is synonymous with being immortal. You know what that means, right? It means deathlessness incorruptibility. Nobody or nothing can kill you. Nobody or nothing can make you sick. Nobody or nothing can mess you up. Dr. Pierce, we appreciate your services, but you won't be needed in this coming day. (laughs) Immortal. (laughs) Wow. You're going to love this next one. And I've chosen to define this next one on the PowerPoint just so you get the point. Glorious. That's the second thing he says, glorious. Sown in dishonor, raised in glory. Dishonor. <laughs> and the older you get, the less, the less good you look. Here's what the word means. Say it with me. Come on, get this in your head. Ready, here we go. Having a striking beauty or splendor that evokes feelings of delighted admiration. Let me read it again. having a striking beauty or splendor that evokes feelings of delighted admiration. Here's what's going to happen. When all this takes place for the rest of eternity, every time we pass one another, I'll pass you and and I'll hear you say, Danny, you be looking good. (laughs) And I'll respond, you be looking good too. (laughs) Praise the Lord. I'm serious. You you won't ever have anybody walk by and go, did you see how their makeup was? They didn't even put it on today, I don't think, you know. Or people talking like, he's just not the man he used to be. (laughs) But I'm not the man I'm going to be. It's going to be glorious. 
I mean, everybody's going to, nobody's going to look at somebody else and go, hmm. Everybody's going to be, don't he look good? Don't she look good? Don't we? We look good, man. It's going to be glorious. And yet we're all going to be distinct. That's what the text tells us. We're all going to be distinct. The people say, can we recognize one another? Of course we can recognize one another. The third characteristic, powerful. It is sown in weakness. It is raised in power. The word is dunamis. We get our English word dynamite. It's the same word used for Jesus and the power of him being raised from the dead. Wow. And you won't even need to go to the gym. The last one to me is one of the most fascinating. It is sown a natural body. It is raised a spiritual body. Now, don't get off track by all the scriptures I put up here. Take your time. Slow down. Because we're going to go through every one of them very briefly. Because I want you to understand what it means to have a spiritual body. It's a real body. But it's a spiritual body. And there's some mystery in it. I can't answer all the questions about it, but I can certainly read the scriptures and go, here's what it is, and here's what it's like, and here's what it can do. Luke 24, verse 39. Jesus in his resurrection body appears to the disciples, and he says, look at my hands and my feet. It is I myself. Touch me and see. A ghost does not have flesh and bones as you see I have. I want you to notice what he did not say. He didn't say a ghost does not have flesh and blood. The new body does not get its life from the blood. The present body you and I live in, the life is in the blood. That's what the scripture says. The life is the blood. The life of the animal, it's in the blood. That's the way God created in this present order. But there's coming a day. When we get new bodies, it won't be powered by blood. You lose too much blood now, your body dies. It's a spiritual body. I don't understand the flesh and bones part in light of what we're going to see here, but it's different than the bones we have now. How do you know that? Well, look at John chapter 20. That's the second scripture up there. John chapter 20. And you go down chapter 20 to verse 19, on the evening of the first day of the week, that's resurrection day, when the disciples were together with the doors locked for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them and said, peace be with you. And he scared the living daylights out of them. Why? Because he didn't knock on the door and they opened the door for him. They didn't go unlock the door and say, Jesus. No, he walked through the wall. He walked through the wall. We don't need a door. I come over to your mansion. Walk in. Hey, how you doing? It's a spiritual body. But now, this next one is so practical. Back to Luke again. Back to Luke. You're getting your exercise, Bible exercise this morning. Back to Luke, chapter 24. And now, you go down to verse 41. And here's what it says. Jesus, again, appeared to them in his resurrection body. And while they still did not believe it because of joy and amazement, he asked them, I find this humorous. You have anything here to eat? Guys, got anything to eat? And they gave him a piece of broiled fish, and he took it and ate it in their presence. Now, here's what I'm going to give you my opinion. My opinion is that in the new body, it can eat. You can eat because Jesus ate in his resurrection body. And yet, I don't believe, this is my opinion, that you have to go to the bathroom sometime later. <laughs> dung, you know what dung is, right? 
It's the Christian four-letter word for the worldly one. It's the same thing. Dung. Paul talks about the body taking everything for life, and then you, you flush the rest. All right? That's dung. Dung is unclean. There's no uncleanness in heaven. I'm just giving you my opinion. My opinion is the new body can eat, and you say, well, how does that work? Who cares? He's God. He's, he's the one that created it. Can't he do that? And he creates a body that you can eat and enjoy the food, but you don't have to worry about it. You don't have to worry about upset stomach. You don't have to worry about, you know, any of that stuff. I don't think there's any restrooms in heaven. I just can't see it. That's my opinion. But now, now, let's go on. Matthew 22, 30, Jesus said they'll neither be given in marriage, they won't marry nor be given in marriage, they'll be like the angels, not angels, like the angels. Now, real quick, if that disappoints you that we won't marry or be given in marriage, then you don't understand. Just like the, the good versus the bad in the movies, the, the evil versus light versus darkness, all that, that's based on the Bible. Every romance and every romantic dream, the fulfillment of every, every romantic dream is heaven. If you're here, you're single, and you're dreaming of being married one day and having a family and all that, and yet Jesus comes before you get to do that, you ain't going to get to heaven and go, oh, man, can I go back and get married? Listen, for those of us who are married, we encourage you. You won't miss it. <laughs> but we got to move on. Let's get to move on. Move on. All right, listen. We'll be like the angels. Genesis 28, verse 12, Jacob has a dream, and he sees the angels ascending and descending from heaven to earth. Daniel chapter 10 is a story in Daniel's life of Daniel, in answer to his prayer, God sent an angel from heaven in answer to his prayer, but he's detained for three weeks in the heavenly realms battling one of Satan's angels, who's obviously more powerful, higher ranking, and then a higher ranking angel from God has to come and get the answer, angel through. 21 days they battle. The point is the angels are going from heaven to earth and stuff going on in between in the heavenly realm. Revelation 21.16 is the capital of the new heavens and the new earth. It's a real place. It's in heaven right now. It's called the heavenly Jerusalem. It's a real place. That's where the streets of gold are. And one day it's going to come down from heaven, out of heaven, and come down. New heavens and new earth and the capital of the new heavens and the new earth is this new Jerusalem, this heavenly city. John gives us the measurements there in verse 16 of Revelation 21. And you know the measurements? It's 1,400 miles this way and this way, and it's 1,400 miles this way and this way. It's a cube. Why? I'm convinced if we're going to be like the angels, you're going to be able to go and walk this way and this way, and you're going to be able to go how cool is that? Jesus, in Acts chapter 1, with the disciples looking on, stands, and after being with them for 40 days and proving that he was alive, he ascends bodily back into heaven, and that's how he's coming back bodily. We're going to be like Jesus. We're going to be like him. We're going to have resurrection bodies, spiritual bodies, powerful bodies, immortal bodies. Little did I know, as a child, Watching some of those TV programs, one that I watched faithfully every day. It came on a certain time after school, and I made sure I was by the TV set 
every single time that this program came on. Little did I know that one day because of faith in Christ, some of the things I dreamed of as a kid would become reality. Got a t-shirt. I drew an S on it. Superman usually would duck, usually into a phone booth. And immediately, he would be changed from Clark Kent, mild-mannered reporter, to Superman! Look, on the stage, it's just Pastor Danny. (laughs) I didn't plan this. Here's what happened. Let me explain. I did the message last night. I come back this morning before the 9 o'clock service to meet with the team back in the green room to pray and then come out and do the 9 o'clock service. And on the chair that I usually sit in back in the green room, this shirt is draped over the back of the chair. And I don't know where it came from. I think it might be from God. So if it's from you, Father, thank you for a great illustration. If I'm wrong and it's from a loving church member that wanted to give me a good illustration to close on, thank you. Either way, we got to close, but let me tell you something. Guess what? The shirt is an extra large. At first, I was disappointed. And then I thought, wait a minute, that just fits. It's prophetic. I'm going to need an extra large when I give him a new body. (laughs) I don't know how you go from that illustration to close with a note of seriousness, but the note of seriousness is this. The future glory is motivation for present sacrifice. And what Paul says in the text, if only in this life we have hope, we're to be pitied above all men. Then he says, I die every day. He knew what Jesus said. You're going to be my disciple and worth your salt? Deny yourself. Take up your cross daily. 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 He closes, Therefore, my dear brothers, stand firm. Let nothing move you. Always give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord because you know your labor in the Lord is not in vain. C.T. Studd was an Englishman. He had a glorious future ahead of him as a cricketer. One of the games they play in England. And he would have been a star, and he was a star in college. But something interrupted his earthly glory. He got saved. He received Christ as Lord and Savior. And he gave up all that future in the sports arena, and he became a missionary, a very successful missionary, made a difference for the gospel of Jesus Christ in foreign lands. And one of the statements he made It's become so well known, and I think about it often, is this statement. Say it with me. Ready? Only one life will soon be passed. Only what's done for Christ will last. One more time. Only one life will soon be passed. Only what's done for Christ will last. Listen, James nailed it when he said, your life is like a vapor. It's like a mist. It appears for a moment and then vanishes. 63 came really fast, and every birthday comes faster than ever what we have to look forward to. It's not a fantasy. It's not a TV program. It's real.
We're so thankful to be able to share the Word of God with you here on The Living Word. Thanks for being a part of our listening audience. If you want to hear today's message again, please visit ccfstpete.church. You can also join us in our Bible reading plan. Just look under the Resources tab on our website for more information. As we wrap up our time with you today, we'd like to take a moment and ask you to partner with us here on The Living Word. Would you join with us in praying for the listeners of this program? Prayer is such a powerful tool against the enemy, and there's much to pray about during these days of speculation, doubt, and fear. Perhaps there's a listener who's really wrestling with all of the uncertainties, and your prayers could be a way to minister to their heart and mind, renewing their faith along the way. Please pray that each person who hears these messages would find encouragement. We're reminded in these New Testament books that God came to earth as a man, just like us, and suffered in ways that we might be suffering currently. But He came to redeem each one of us, and that gives hope beyond what's happening in front of you. Thanks for praying. With that, we've come to the end of our time today. Thanks for joining us as Pastor Danny continued teaching through this series called New Testament Highlights. We hope you'll tune in again, right here on The Living Word.